Hello and welcome to the Indian American Experience podcast. I'm your host, Bindia Parikh. Indian Americans are a group that defies being painted in one stroke, be it in political or ideological leanings, definition of identity, or perception of their place in society. So join me in listening to the journeys and experiences of a diverse group of Indian Americans or Desis through lighthearted, casual conversations and see if we can find common threads, maybe shed some myths and hear some interesting stories. Let's get started. My guest today is Preeti Shah. Hi, Preeti. Hi, Bindia. How are you? I'm so excited to speak with you today. Me too. Welcome to the podcast. And now please just listen along with me while I tell the listeners a little bit about you. Preeti is a daughter, mom, wife, and sister. She loves to laugh and learn. She was born in India and came to the U.S. at five years old. Preeti is a Gujarati Indian American, Jain, and vegetarian. Her present professional title is software engineer at IBM. Preeti has multiple patents credited to her team at IBM's Watson Research Semiconductor and Quantum Computing. Preeti wrote this bio herself except for the last line, and I did want to highlight how amazing that is. And tell me how many patents there are, Preeti. Wow. Go right to it. Um, <laughs> so there are two patents with my name that I have received in the last four years. And there is one more that's been submitted to the USPTO. Okay. And fourth one that's in the process of being submitted to USPTO. And that is the US Patent Trademark Office. Right. Okay. Well, that is impressive. And I did want to get to it right away. Before I go deeper into your journey, and let's go there now. You have had a fascinating journey as relates to your professional life. So let's go to the beginnings of it. I would start with you studying engineering at Cornell, but I want to go further back. I'd like you to tell the listeners a little bit about your mom and dad and how both of them may have played a role in your success today. Oh, well, they definitely played a role in my success or any success I have. So first of all, my mother was admitted to medical school and then she had a unfortunate experience. So then she switched and she said, I want to be a engineer. Hmm. And she eventually did graduate. I still remember the one story is that the Dean of Engineering had to convince my grandmother to let her be an engineer. Hmm. And the Dean even gave up his personal restroom. So there would be a ladies' bathroom on the university campus. There was no ladies' bathroom before. Wow. We're talking which year around what? Well, I was only when, in the 50s, like 50s and 60s. And in what the, part of India? In Gujarat. And then my dad is definitely, he is a fem equalist. A feminist slash equalist, because oh, if he that. wasn't, he couldn't have married my mom. And he couldn't have supported her career if he wasn't. And I know from how he behaves throughout the house, hmm. everybody does everything. He does not sit there and expect to be served. 
So he's an equal member and he still has some feeling of taking care of all the people around him. So that is his nature. So with that foundation and having two daughters, there was no feeling that you must have culturally a son. So I'm an engineer. My sister's a doctor. And my parents insisted we have um, careers in which we can self-support ourselves regardless mm-hmm. of who we marry, even if we marry and they divorce. So, I mean, pass away. Yeah. So that was how they raised us. That was the foundation of how I got started my career. And I did go to Drexel University, which, Bindia, you don't know this, but I skipped my senior year of high school. Oh. So what I did was I finished my first year of college and mm-hmm. then the credits transfer from college back to high school. Uh, and then I graduated from high school after I finished my first year of college. So now what high schools do is they don't let you do that anymore. They make you finish 11th. You, they make you finish everything. Okay. And then, so it's, or you take AP classes and transfer it to college. Right. Okay. Wow. And I so, did that at Trexel and then I went to Cornell for my master's. Then I worked at Eastman Kodak, and while I was there, I had been matriculated and finished the qualifiers for my PhD. Mm -hmm. But then I chose to get married, and I couldn't do it remotely, and I needed to move if I wanted to be married. And Mm. so I quit my job, sold my house. I uh, dropped out of the PhD program, and I moved to California. And then I worked in California for a while. Mm-hmm. 3D, so I was at Eastman Kodak, then 3D mm-hmm. Systems. And then I moved back to the East Coast and I worked at Bell Labs. And then I took a break in my career. Was it right to- after the kids came? After the second one came, then okay. I took a break in my career. And then yeah. I... Tried to get back to work, and people usually don't hire you in technology field if you've taken a break. How long was your break? Uh, it was 15 years. Mm-hmm. And in between, I sat in on classes at universities. I mm-hmm. ran for public office. I was elected on the Board of Ed, and I unseated an incumbent. I was reelected. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I served my community through the mm-hmm. Board of Ed for six years. And then while I was doing that, my youngest one got into his acceptance to college. Mm-hmm. And then it's just coincidental. Somebody told me about this program. I was explaining my frustration. I wanted to go back to work. It's really hard. So there's um, many companies are starting this I relaunch, tech relaunch, opportunities for people who've taken a career break mm-hmm. to take care of others or for any reason to come back and work in technology. So I was a intern in my early fifties. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I um, had to prove myself. Yeah. I had got a job offer. So after the internship, I got the job offer and I've been working at IBM for the last six years in quantum computing. Yeah. And then recently I switched to semiconductor and I write software for them. Now that's amazing. Could you hold back the humility and tell our listeners a little bit about uh, the recognition that you have received at IBM 
and the success that you've attained there? So there's technical recognition and that I did get one promotion. But in addition to that, I am working with straight out of school PhD physicists in quantum computing. So mm-hmm. just to learn and be working with them, I felt was hard and it, and it took a lot of time. But then after that, I worked on open source software in which mm-hmm. I was eventually the go-to person to figure out what's going on. And IBM is presently not supporting that. So that's why I moved on to a different project, but I was the one who would go to it. And then I would find out if I didn't know the answer with other people. Okay. That would be more of the technical recognition is to be identified as the go-to person. Mm -hmm. Um, The social recognition is that I guess HR really liked this pathway of women and men but predominantly women returning back to work after taking a career break mm-hmm. uh, in the fields like technology and them appreciating the um, emotional intelligence mm-hmm. of being empathetic. And if you're a caregiver, you become more empathetic of other people's point of view, situation, and that translates to a different kind of person in the workplace. Then. Yeah. And HR really wanted to emphasize that so I presented to the CEO my my story mm-hmm. with the help of, you know, some people who do this every day. And then I presented to all an international executive meeting of what the story is and to help bring mm-hmm. this program to be the poster child for this yeah. program. And other people now are doing the same thing. I, you know, I've established myself and there's the program is mainstream and There's other people within IBM that also do this. But I was asked to give many talks about this. I've done it for International Women's Day, Mm -hmm. for other internal talks within IBM. I did it at IBM's yearly Think conference. I was in the keynote speaker with then-CEO Jenny Rometty. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really good pathway for women to get back to work. And... I've spoken with other friends that were executives at other companies like Mm -hmm. Amazon and Microsoft. And soon afterwards, they had the same program in their companies. Oh, that's wonderful. I am going to put in my show notes a few links to you speaking and a couple of things that you just mentioned. (laughs) You found them. (laughs) So that's something that... You know, it doesn't get you a promotion or a raise, but I just really believe I need to pay it forward and make sure. At first, I didn't want to talk about it and just blend in. But I think Mm -hmm. if I'm going to leave an impact in my career, yes, it's the work I do, but it's possibly helping more people be appreciative of the fact that there's other pathways and women can take a break and shouldn't be penalized if they do. So very well said. The people I work with are supportive and are just really happy with the work I do. So, Well, that's wonderful. Well, you proved it. And then, uh, like you said, you were reluctant to be the poster child for this, but then you felt like this is paying it forward and you're advocating for other people. And that got you out of holding it back and 
getting the word out and making it reach other people. And unfortunately, there are people who hold it against you because you took a break because mm-hmm. it identify exact. You know, the way the process works is you need to have a mentor when you come in through this program. That right. mentor will say, we need to accomplish this job. So you have fundamental skill sets, but there's going to be a, a pivot that needs to happen. So that right. mentor has to identify the pivot, what you need to learn so that you can do that one job. So if you don't have a good mentor or the mentor is no longer there, then you are in a sea of newness. Like that's, Mm -hmm. then it's, you know, it's not quite the same. So you have to have a good corporation has to have a proper pathway for people to return. So for someone listening who has been thinking about returning to the workforce after a long break, what would be the first step that they need to take? What are they going to look for? So there's a few things. There's a company called Ivy Launch, which has a generic, that's what they, it's like a feeder for companies to some uh, corporate, international corporations, larger corporations, or even small to go to. And you can go to that website and see what kind of job openings there are. That's Ivy Launch, you said. Ivy Launch. Got it. That would be one thing. And then you could see what skill set they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And based on that, there's so many free tutorial education that you can do small certificates to prove interest in a particular field. So that's one thing you can do. And it could be project management, a particular technology. So if there's a company that has an Ivy launch in your town, and they want certain kinds of skill set, then you know what you have to learn. Because it's not everywhere. It's in mostly larger metropolitan areas. And then the second thing I would do is, if there's a company you want to work for, they're, like IBM does not use Ivy Lodge. They use their own website. And you have to know to go to IBM's website to see what kind of job openings there are. So I would do both. If there's a company you want to work at, look and see if they have their own. Like Amazon's, Microsoft, IBM, I don't know which others. Mm -hmm. GoDaddy, I believe, have their own websites. Okay. So you would have to do both. But I relaunch and then look for reentry programs Mm -hmm. and get a small certificate that's Mm -hmm. affordable. And maybe it's $100 or free for what it is that they're looking for. Yeah, there are so many free, good online courses to supplementary education now. That's awesome. So Preeti, when you decided to return back to work, did you feel assured that your family would completely support it? Or even what inspired you to think of going back? Well, so first let's do time sequence. And inspiration to go back is... I was at the board of ed for six years, finishing up my second term Mm -hmm. and my son got into college. So because of that, then I really felt that I needed to do something new and different and what opportunities could I have in front of me? I felt like the world was at my doorstep, right? So do I start a company? Do I just try and work locally? Do what? So somebody suggested this 
this program, IBM Tech Reentry. So that was my inspiration. Okay. Uh, and my parents have always wanted me to use my education, and I had wanted to all along. So that inspiration was there. Then when I got this opportunity, I didn't know if I was actually going to have a job offer afterwards. It was an internship. I still had to prove myself. So my father, mother, my husband, they immediately said, don't waste time commuting because it was 80 miles away. So like, I'm not going to commute back and forth. So just pay for the hotel out of your pocket. This is a great opportunity, a pathway back mm-hmm. into the workforce marketplace, whatever you want to call it. So yeah. then I didn't know everything at work. I had a huge steep learning curve because mm-hmm. even though the basic foundations of science, programming, engineering, because I am an electrical engineer, when I had time at home on the weekends, they're like, we're going to take care of everything. You don't have to do it. So they knew how to do everything like laundry, cleaning, but I was the orchestrator in the house. Mm-hmm. I stopped being the orchestrator and everybody else picked up. Not that they wouldn't, but they they just picked up and took care of their, any responsibilities so mm-hmm. that I wouldn't. And food is a big issue, you know, eating healthy, making meals, getting groceries. My husband and my children definitely pick up. And, mm-hmm. and it's to the point that they'll go to, you know, YouTube videos to figure things out versus asking me, even though first it hit my ego. And then I thought, you know what? It gives me more time to do what mm-hmm. other things in my world. If they really want to know something specific, they'll ask me. Otherwise, YouTube videos sometimes are better even because <laughs> yeah, they focus on something somebody wants to learn. So I think the family support system is critical. Mm-hmm. It was there financially with the, you know, using and paying for hotels along with other people just, taking care of things around the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's that's the definition of support from right. all different avenues. I like that. So do you think, now it may sound cliche for me to ask you that, but the support, the inspiration, your own determination, all of these things in your journey, do you recognize any of these as typically Indian values or is it family values or how would you define that? I don't know, maybe they're immigrant values because I think around the world, women want to use and have their own identity and it shouldn't be based on a spouse's identity Hmm. or a partner's identity, you know, whatever your family entity is. Right. So, but I think women really end up taking putting family first at the expense of themselves. And I think a lot of immigrant women, women in general, women in different parts of the world do that. So I'm not sure it's necessarily Indian values. Mm -hmm. One thing I do believe is in India, people value education because it helps to break the cycle of poverty. So that that I believe could be Indian Mm -hmm. because there's a complete awareness that education matters. Mm -hmm. But using that education is not always, and and also if you have it, a woman is educated, they're better able to educate their children. So I think it matters that all women get education, but then to use it for livelihood is a whole new dimension and step. 
and to be a true equal partner in a marriage with a livelihood, career, and then you both together and whatever your family entity is, take care of all domestic activities. That is, I believe, still an immigrant value because Mm -hmm. I met somebody who interviewed me actually just a few months ago, and he said, I can so relate to this. My mother took care of us. She went back to school, got her nursing degree, Mm. and now she's a nurse. And I just thought, you know, this is not just an Indian thing. That's when it realized that women tend to put family first, maybe, and because you don't have the support system to raise children, possibly, or you could, you know, use daycare and, and nannies and, and au pairs, but you have to have trust in that whole system. So maybe I didn't have the trust. So now um, switching gears a little bit, you wrote in your very brief introduction about yourself that you're a Gujarati and a Jin. So it's an important part of your identity. Would you tell me what it means to you to be of Gujarati heritage? So, you know, people talk about let's break bread. So, and food matters, right? In Gujarati heritage, food, Gujarati food is distinctive. I love Gujarati food. My Gujarati, as I speak it, isn't great. I'm an American Gujarati. And so for me, even the clothes, I'm not that picky about it. Like, I just want it to flatter me. But I think the the core part of Gujarati is to be able to have the values, which are similar to the Hindu values and other Indian states, you know, family yeah. values and and taking care of each other, but also yourself and being educated, things like that. But that makes me Indian, maybe. American mm-hmm. Indian means I do it with a lot of inclusiveness and understanding of different points of view, possibly. Yes. And I think Indians can be the same way too. So let's combine that with being Jane and how that means to me. Yeah, I think you said it. I mean, the the overt cultural differences in your being uh, Gujarati versus a Punjabi or you know from a different geographical part of India, it really just, off the top of my head, it would be language and food, which you yeah. touched upon. That makes it distinct. And then practicing Jainism. I'm asking you this question because I do have a sense that you do make it a point to do that. So how do you practice Jainism in your life? So I'm definitely, you know, I would say devout Jain. I'm not so conservative, but I do believe in Jainism. The most fundamental part is nonviolence, just just not killing of a life. And I know that comes in many different shades, but I definitely believe not to kill a life is important and not to be violent or to hurt other living beings, other living, other souls. Mm -hmm. And then I'm lucky that in this lifetime, we have somebody who's at a higher level. So what does that mean? In this lifetime, we can reach Samyak Darshan, Samyak Nan, Samyak Jarita, which translates to right faith, right knowledge, and right conduct. To if you if I were to get that, that would elevate my state of being of my soul. And um there are people who have that in this lifetime and there and that grew 
Dr. Rakesh Chaudhary, he follows Srimith Rajchandra, who had it just 100 years ago. So there are, you know, recordings and documentation of what he could do. He wasn't trying to prove it. And when, after he did it, he realized it's not something to prove what you can do. But for me, listening to somebody who's a living person who can, has this experience and helping to guide you is impactful. And that's how I follow Jainism as I listen to his lectures. I get opportunities to meet him when he is, comes to the United States. Mm-hmm. I have seen him when I've gone to India. And I try to meditate and go within so I can get the triple gem of Samyak Darshan, Nan, and Charita. Wow, that's awesome. Preeti, I think you put in a lot of effort and self-discipline into living a meaningful, well-rounded life. And I wish you a continued feeling of satisfaction while aspiring for more. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vindya. I think um, I'm going to say something. I am so amazed by what you're doing. This is almost like a PhD in social studies of cultural awareness of merging Indian, Asian cultures with American culture. And you're helping do this by the stories. And I wish you much success in sharing all the different stories and lives that people have. And I look forward to hearing that your podcast later. Thank you so much, Preeti. Preeti's story is a very positive story of a matter-of-fact pursuit of success and satisfaction and progressive family values with a sprinkling of faith and gratitude. And the strong family support she got may not exclusively be an Indian thing, but it very much is an Indian family thing. In my next episode, I interview Preeti's mom, Mrs. Sushila Shah, and bring you her amazing stories of determination and perseverance and going from being an engineer to a Reiki healer. So don't miss it. And in fact, miss no episode and get notified when a new episode drops by subscribing to the podcast.